Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Scopophilia. We are the millennial movie movement. And I, of course, am your host, Becky Teller, back at it with more movies, more iconic interviews, and even more iconic guests. And we're not slowing our roll. Spring is coming. I'm feeling it in the air. You look great. I feel great. I mean, let's just keep talking about movies. It is what is keeping me going through the last few cold days of this year, it feels like. I mean, you never know in New Jersey. We might get a snowstorm at any time, but it does feel like the sun is getting warmer. And I'm prattling on about the weather for some reason, so instead I'll talk about this week's episode, which was so much fun, and as a huge lover of drag queens and the drag scene, and of course RuPaul's Drag Race, I I love a good drag show, I jumped at the opportunity to speak with our guest today, who is the one and only iconic Sherry Vine. And not only are we talking with an iconic drag legend, we're also talking about Tarantino. We are talking about Kill Bill, which is probably my favorite Tarantino film, if I'm being honest with myself. (laughs) But it has everything I could ever want in a film. I mean, strong female leads, a revenge story, a little bit of film noir, a little bit of old school samurai films, a little bit of super spy old, old school films like... The references in the Kill Bill series, absolutely impeccable. And it was such an honor to sit down and talk about these films with such an iconic person. So without further ado, I will stop talking and just let you guys enjoy it and get into it. So without further ado, my interview with Sherry Vine about her favorite film, Kill Bill. Enjoy! Scopophilia is the newest thing to hit the market. Defined as deriving aesthetic pleasure from looking at something, it's the new craze sweeping the nation. Taken in large doses, side effects can include an addictive nature to have more film content. If this increase occurs, consult no one and keep listening. Scopophiliacs, and welcome back to another episode of Scopophilia, the podcast. And I'm super excited today because we have the one and only legendary, iconic Sherry Vine on the show today. And so first and foremost, how are you, my dear? How are you doing? All of those good things. (laughs) I am so good. And I really can mean that and sincerely can say I am doing great right now. So thank you. Amazing. Well, I love to hear that. And so for, I'm a huge fan, of course. And so for people who maybe aren't familiar with your name or your work, tell us everything. What are you doing now? You're a legend. Like, let us know. Like, what's going on? That introduction was so perfect. I was like, oh, how can I I top (laughs) that? I could never call myself legendary. But since you did... I'm, this is uh, I'm this year is celebrating 30 year anniversary of performing as Sherry Vine, and so I'm kind of all the things that I'm doing are kind of like branching off of that. Like I'm really milking that milestone. <laughs> Jackie <laughs> and I are doing a show that opens this week called Dirty Thirty because it's our 30 year anniversary of performing together. And then we're taking that show on the road. And then I have solo shows that I'm doing all over the world. And again, under this umbrella of celebrating 30 years of filth. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, so exciting. And like, also, I mean, you're stunning, both in and out of drag, of course. And so, you're, I mean... You're very kind to say that right, right. now. But we'll, we'll pretend that I'm all dolled up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, I mean it. I mean, you're, you're stunning and I'm such a fan of your work and I keep tabs on you on the internet, which is always really fun. And with, so with COVID has that kind of been like a, an interesting transition for you? Cause I know it's kind of a new world that we're living in now. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I think, I do think that I'm like an animal in a way that I can adapt and evolve quickly. Mm-hmm. And even before the pandemic, I feel like I've been, I've had an eye on how I can evolve technically and, you know, keep up with Instagram and TikTok, all these things, you know what I mean? That I'm like, oh, the kids yeah. are doing TikTok. But I do, <laughs> I do put energy and time into staying current with all of that. And then at the same time, I think like with COVID, like by the end of March, 2020, I had ordered lights, sound equipment, microphone, green screen, all that shit on Amazon and transformed the living room into a studio. I was like, okay, we're doing shows inside. Let's do it. Yeah. So it's like, you know, let's, okay. And I was very lucky to get through the pandemic, uh, in more ways than one, you know, physically, emotionally, financially, mm-hmm. all of that. No, no, cannot complain at all. Right. <laughs> and now it's again, evolving and just adapting. I mean, yes. Is it a pain in the ass to wear a mask to fly to Europe? Yeah, totally. Right. But whatever, everyone has to do it. So shut up and get over it and put your mask <laughs> on. And exactly. then there's just like new rules. I did a tour in October, November opening for Bianca Del Rio. And it was like, the meet and greet. We used to be all huggy and come on, get in between us and all of this. Right. Nope. You stand over there on that X and we're on this X six feet away. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> That's just the way it is. Yeah. So well, I don't really lose a lot of time or energy on things that I can't control. That's fair. That's wise advice, first and foremost. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that, you know, the adjustment has been good because I know everybody's been going through it for sure. And so I got, you know, a message from my team saying, Hey, Sherry Vine is interested. You know, do you want to book it? And I was like, a hundred percent. I do. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And I was like, you know, what is, you know, what do they want to talk about? Like, I'm, I, I never know what it could be. And you picked one of my all-time favorites, which is Kill Bill. Yay! Which well, I so, absolutely I, love. I'm sure that most people would think like, oh, okay, a gay man of a certain age is going to say beaches. They're all mm-hmm. about me. And I love all of that. But I am, I'm, for, I'm a total action movie kind of Marvel geek nerd. Like, yeah. <laughs> and people like, what's one thing that people would be surprised about? I'm like, I am that person that goes to see the Avengers on Thursday night before the opening, you know what I mean? <laughs> Alone. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like total geek. But Kill Bill is, um, Kill Bill is my favorite movie. The movie that I would take to an island. Like I love that. Movie, like, you get one movie, Kill Bill. And it's so good. And like, I always like, it's not one that I think to watch over and over and over again, but every like year, year and a half, I pop it on and I just like forget how beautiful it is and how interesting it is. And it's so good. There's so much about it that I love. I mean, I can watch, and I do, the like, I know it's in Kill Bill 2, but the scene between Uma Thurman and Daryl Hannah in that trailer, uh, I can rewind it and watch it 10 times in a row. So I'm just mm-hmm. like, it's so good. And it's like, how do they do that? And it's like, it's just so nitty gritty. But I'm not that I'm, you know, violence doesn't turn me on. I think it's the way that he (laughs) films and shoots these very violent scenes. It'll cut all of a sudden it's animated. All of a sudden it's black and white. And then the color comes back on. And it's like, I just love his art direction. Yeah. And then the script to me is without flaw. It's mm. just like this revenge script. And there's no other little stories. It's just literally blinders on. This is what this movie is about. And so I think it's, I like his movies a lot. I'm a big Tarantino fan, but I think this is to me his best. In terms I can agree of with that. And shooting and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I can agree with that for sure. And so, I mean, for people who've been living under a rock and haven't seen Kill Bill, what would you say is kind of like the shortest, like brass tack synopsis you could give, like about the movie? 
it is just from a roller coaster that from the minute it starts, you're on this roller coaster ride and it's just like, like I said, clear one direction revenge and then all the things that kind of come off that are on that path i are shot beautifully and i think it's the best performances from daryl hannah and like you know that whole everyone that's in it i'm like that is but in my opinion the best work that they've done absolutely Right on. And it's it's so true. There's so many different like layers. And I'm a huge Tarantino fan too. And so this is a hundred percent my favorite of his like collection that he's done. And it is, it's a lot of layers of like 70s kung fu movies and like bright uh-huh. yellows and like different directions and everything is so specific yeah, in this it's movie. Brutal. I mean, yeah. It's for sure brutal. And I actually the odd thing is that I usually don't like those kind of movies. Mm-hmm. I, like, I don't, I would never pay to go see Saw, Hostel, <laughs> because they're too real. Like, yeah. I don't need to see someone getting their eye burned out or something. You know what I mean? It's like, no. Yeah. And I don't like those movies. And then I, I can't watch it physically. And I don't, I can't even watch, um, crap, what's the first Tarantino movie? Oh, Reservoir Dogs? I can't even watch that because I can't watch torture. Mm. But there's something about Kill Bill that's different to me. And maybe uh, that's just me, but I, it's so kind of hasn't, it's elevated enough to fantasy Mm -hmm. where it doesn't play as reality to me. And then, like I said, when he'll switch to, some of the more brutal stuff. It's like animated. It's a cartoon. It's in black and white, like these theatricalities yeah. that make it palatable. Yeah. Is that the right word? I'd say so. <laughs> so it's different to me than some of those other movies where it's just like, I physically can't watch. Right. And this is why I like Avengers and Marvel movies because it's just, it's fantasy. There's it's yeah. not reality. I can watch aliens killing each other, but I don't want to watch real people kill each other. <laughs> That's fair. No, 100%. And I think Tarantino has this great way, especially in, in this film of, I he- I had a teacher once who said that Tarantino is like, he does like the ultimate parodies, but parodies in that he's like paying homage to different things so everything about this film is stylized it's hyper it's it's just that extra little bit that makes it palatable like you're saying where it's like it is a lot of violence but it's like tasteful violence almost in a way because of these different like things that he's using throughout the film to make it that way right i mean even like the opening fight scene between uma thurman and um is it vivica fox oh yeah vivica Mm mm-hmm it's so, <laughs> it's just shot so cool. It's so cool. You're like, how did they do this? But like, you like, like we're saying, it's just the volume is turned up enough where it's like, obviously this is not right. realistic. <laughs> no one can fight like right. this survive this long. That would have been over in the first 30 seconds. Right. So there's that <laughs> element of supernatural. Bill always said you were one of the best ladies he ever saw with an edge weapon. Fuck you, bitch. I know he didn't qualify that shit. So you can just kiss my motherfucking ass, Black Mamba. Black Mamba. I should have been motherfucking Black Mamba. Weapon of choice? Hey, if you want to stick with your butcher knife, that's fine with me. Very funny, bitch. Very funny, bitch. not my intention to do this in front of you. For that, I'm sorry. But you can take my word for it. Your mother had it coming.
Well, and I was watching was watching that fight scene today. And I was like, this woman has the most amount of glass objects in her house that I've ever seen in my life. Exactly, yes. (laughs) But it's that just that extra little thing of like, that's always like, there's always at least one glass table in an action movie that breaks. But for her, it's the table, the like one of the chairs, the bookshelf. like Bookshelf, right. Everything is glass in that house. (laughs) Yeah, and then in the kitchen, the coffee mug, the cereal bowl. It's like, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Lots of glass. So good. But it's kind of super, yeah, they just, it's almost supernatural. And um, it's just, it's, and the acting, the performances, are, everything about it is so right on that it yeah. just works. And I don't find myself going like as much as yeah. I, oh my God, this is so cool. And I think like, how fun would it be to do that? Like, I would love to have been in that movie. Absolutely. Well, nothing ever feels like forced. Like everything feels very natural, even though it is at like 20 out of 10 at (laughs) all times. Right. It's, yeah, it's just very interesting how everything's put together. Yeah. And nothing is, I mean, that scene in the, in Japan, which is going after um, Lucy Liu, where there's a cast of 5,000. It's just like, it's (laughs) shot so it's like a ballet. It's just yeah. shot so beautifully. And the girl at the, um, Oh, go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. It's like, <laughs> there's nothing realistic about that, but it's no. just, it's, it's so good. So good. Well, and let me ask you in terms of, you know, this movie, this is a difficult question, but do you have like a favorite part in this movie or like a line or something? Oh my God. I'm obsessed with Daryl Hannah so much in this movie. <laughs> I'm obsessed. I like, that's who I would want to play. I want mm-hmm. to play Daryl Hannah part. <laughs> in the very beginning, she's walking down the hall with the eye patch that has oh. the red cross on it. It's yes. Like, everything about it is so... Oh, so good. Hello, Bill. What's her condition? Comatose. Where is she? I'm standing over her right now. That's my girl. Hmm. Elle, you're going to abort the mission. We owe her better than that. Oh, you don't owe her shit! Will you keep your voice down? You don't owe her shit! May I say one thing? Speak. You all beat the hell out of that woman, but you didn't kill her. And I put a bullet in her head, but her heart just kept on beating. Now, you saw that yourself with your own beautiful blue eye, did you not? We've done a lot of things to this lady. And if she ever wakes up, we'll do a whole lot more. But one thing we won't do is sneak into her room in the night like a filthy rat and kill her in her sleep. And the reason we won't do that thing is because that thing would lower us. Don't you agree, Miss Driver? I guess. Do you really have to guess? No, I don't really have to guess. I know. Come on home, honey. Affirmative. And then everything she says when she's um, going to see, not Bill, um, oh my God. It's my favorite movie, and yet I can never remember everybody's name. <laughs> Michael, Mike Marsden? Oh, Bud. Bud, sorry. Thank you so much. Yes. When yeah. she's in the trailer with Bud, and she's reading off that list and everything, that, I just love everything that she says. And Daryl Hannah, I'm sorry. Like, I like Daryl Hannah, no, no offense. But to me, that is by far the best thing she's ever done. Yeah. <laughs> she well, she's stunning. So, She's stunning and she's so like, eh, you know, I just love her (laughs) attitude. It really, yeah. It's like all of them have this like really great 
mixture of things because it's like they're all beautiful, strong women. They all have like this little chip in them of like violence. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> it just makes them so compelling to watch. And like from the second you see Daryl Hannah on the screen, she has that eye patch and you're like, that is a story that I want to know about. <laughs> oh, just walking down the hallway whistling. I'm like, oh, oh. I want to play that part so bad. That would have been so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I also kind of like how in the script you um you of course are rooting for Uma Thurman, but mm-hmm. she's not a good person. Yeah. It's kind of like that Dexter of like you're rooting for the anti-hero. Um so you know, the whole thing is geared to oh, she's getting revenge because these people were horrible to her. She's not a good person either. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that this time too, of like, on one hand, like she is also an assassin and like, she She kills people, right? She kills people for a living. And, you know, we find out later, like, oh, she was going to get out and whatever. But I was kind of thinking about it in terms of like, after she kills Lucy Liu, I had this thought of like, that used to be her friend on top. That's like another layer of like her friend. Not only is it like her coworker that betrayed her, it's like a friend that she used to work with. Yeah. Which kind of added another layer for me of like, oh, like maybe this hits more for her than I was originally thinking. Does that make sense? Like, oh, yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's one thing to be betrayed by someone you don't know. Yeah. But to be kind of betrayed by someone that you work with and like or friends with, then that's a whole other layer for sure. Yeah. So good. I mean, all of these like really complex women, just fun to watch, like from start to finish. Yeah. I really would have loved to have seen, I'd like to know how long it took to just like film one of those fight scenes. Well, I know that the, um, the big like fight scene in Japan took like eight weeks, which was like the same amount of time it took to do like all of Pulp Fiction. (laughs) Right. That makes sense. That would make sense because it's just, so choreographed and over the top and yeah just and all those different elements of like it goes white and like that's a reference to like you couldn't show all that blood on tv so you make it black and white and suddenly you're allowed to show all of that blood on tv right yes (laughs) so good just unbelievable I love all of it. The music in that scene, the band Mm. playing, and it's all, it's just so good. Absolutely. Well, and that there's so many, you know, looking back on it now that he's made, you know, he has his style now, like we all know it. Yes. But even looking back on those things of like the long shot that he does while they're in um, the restaurant and from the top to the bottom, back to the top, back to the bottom, like all of those little key elements that like we know now is like classic Tarantino is just kind of fun to see it as like an afterthought almost in this yes. context. Yeah. I went back and watched, I hadn't seen it in years and years and years. And I just recently watched Foxy Brown. Oh, mm-hmm. with Pam Greer. Yes. Richard Fonda, De Niro, mm-hmm. Samuel Jackson. So good. It's another one. Yeah. It's like, this it's so good. I love his style. Yeah. Well, and it, it just goes back to that like everything is very stylized and specific that it just kind of hooks you like right from the get-go. Cause I mean, even if you're looking at Hateful Eight, you know, which is a little more modern, it starts off with 10 minutes of a pan. Right. 10 minutes. <laughs> and it's like you're just at the edge of your seat, like, what's gonna happen next? Like the pan has to cut. And then it really doesn't. It just kind of like shifts focus and and you're in it of like, this is the story now. And it's, yeah, it's Tarantino. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) There's some that I like more than others. There's some that I've seen. I'm like, okay, I probably don't need to see that again. But Kill Bill's (laughs) is always satisfying. Always. And like whenever it's on TV, it's like, you got to stop. And like, what, like, what part are you at? Like, let's just watch the rest of it, wherever, wherever it's starting. From. I don't think I've ever watched a regular TV because I'd be like, oh, it's going to be all cut up. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, like I was telling you before we started that I think volume one is on Netflix, but not volume two. And so I 
did watch volume one again recently. Yeah. For like the thousandth time. <laughs> As you should. As you should. <laughs> so let me ask you, because this film does have a lot to do with like revenge and betrayal and kung fu, all of that good stuff. Have you ever had a moment in your life where you were like, wanted to get back at somebody to like that extent? Maybe not that extent, but like you had a moment of like betrayal and you were like concocting a plan. Well, <laughs> not like that. No, but, um, <laughs> definitely. There's been times when I've felt betrayed. I just, I think that I tend to be more. Well, I mean, I've never been betrayed on that level. So I'm going to Ooh, of course. <laughs> beaten to death. But um, I mean, when I was in high school and being bullied a lot, I did kind of fantasize about having the powers of Carrie. This, of course, was before mm. Tarantino. But I had, you know, the movie <laughs> Carrie, I was like, oh, I wish I had those telekinetic powers. I'd make them mm-hmm. stop, you know, torturing me. Um, but <laughs> now no I think that if someone someone when I have been betrayed or felt betrayed or whatever I tend to just kind of intellectually say I don't need this person in my life anymore mm-hmm. and move on yeah like the healthy I mentality need, I would, don't I'm not a revenge person no okay gotcha <laughs> that's good and healthy like <laughs> I guess I think so I mean I don't know what it would take. I don't even want to think about that, but um, <laughs> um, I definitely like, okay, no, move away. Right. <laughs> That's good. So like, <laughs> so in terms of this film, do you have a favorite fight in this film, like in the franchise? Oh, would for sure. Say? Daryl Hannah and Uma Thurman. That, like yeah. I, said, I can watch that. Re, if I'm watching the movie, I could rewind it and watch that scene over and over and over. Yeah. <laughs> and is there anything like specific about it that like that's the one that you gravitate towards to or? It's just so dirty. I meaning like it's the, they're in this dirty, cramped little trailer and then it's like cigarette butts here and <laughs> drinks here. And then she... I think she throws on her face by his um what his uh nicotine spit Ugh, yeah <laughs> chew spit whatever it is it's disgusting yeah. and then they're in the toilet and it's filthy it's like everything about it's so like <laughs> nitty gritty and they're just like fighting like dirty yeah <laughs> it's I mean brutal. that it's filthy on the eye like it's just like stump jumping up pounding her foot with her boot kicking each other i mean it's like oh my god it's it's crazy yeah and that's what i mean where it gets a little bit of course out of the realm of reality right yeah now it's like you watch some of these fights and you're like there's no way there's no way that they're getting up after that, right? Like- no, of course not. And even things like in my mind, I'm like, oh, I got to remember that next time someone's going to try to drown me in the toilet to flush it. <laughs> <laughs> As if that's ever going to happen. Right. But, um, it's those little things you got to pay attention to. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> just keep that in the back of your mind, just in case. Yeah, no one could, obviously, I don't think anyone could fight like that. But that's the part. <laughs> and again, I watch it. It's not just like I'm focusing on, oh, there's two chicks fighting. It's not like that, really. There's this element of, okay, it's Uma Thurman and Daryl Hannah mm-hmm. fighting like that. And then what I'm really focused on as a viewer is how the fuck are they doing this? Mm, yeah. Like, where's the cut? How much of it is like, how do they do this kick or whatever? You know what I mean? So like yeah. I'm kind of trying to break, to pick it apart as a quote unquote director, even though I'm not directing, but I'm like looking at it through that lens of like, how are they doing this? Absolutely. Well, and I find myself doing that all the time and like thinking about it this time going through of like the way things cut or the way things don't cut or how close we are, how smooth something is. Right. Like, and I don't do that. I don't pick apart the Avengers 
Because I'm like, this is all green screen or CGI. Right. So I'm not going to pick that apart. I know how they make this happen. It's like 90% post. Right. So, but this (laughs) is not green screen or CGI. And so that's when I'm like, how are they doing this? Yeah. And I mean, like, no shade to the Avengers or anything. No, not at all. We know what we're getting when we go there. Totally. these films with Tarantino, it's you definitely see like a craft to it of like there was a lot of thought put into I'm going to have the camera here and then it's going to pan, but we're not going to pick it up. It's just going to be on the tripod and it's going to be on the crane or whatever. Like everything is very directorial, if that makes sense. If that's Absolutely. That's what I meant. <laughs> like when I say it's choreographed like a ballet. It's yeah. It's quite, I'm sure that if you could pick it apart if he could pick it apart, like in a documentary or something, you would see <laughs> that, okay, we're just going to do from this moment until you step on our foot. And this is how it's shot. And then we got to rehearse. But I'm sure that they spent weeks right. rehearsing. You don't want anyone to get hurt. So it's like her hand's going to come over here. Here, you move your head that way. Like yeah. all those little things that being choreographed. Yeah, no, for sure. And like, that's the other kind of aspect of things, right? Like you see it on screen and it's like, boom, 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 boom. And you're like in it. But there is also that other like prep aspect of like, they probably rehearsed that for weeks and then they had to do it with the camera. And like, then they had to do this, then they had to do that. And then they had to cut it together. And it's like, there's so many, (laughs) there's so many things. Absolutely. So good. I mean, you just kind of fangirl about it. Like, after a point, I feel like. <laughs> I do, for sure. There's, <laughs> I had thought when I went back to watch it recently, volume one, I was like, oh, I'll just fast forward to the parts that are, and I ended up not fast forwarding at all. Right. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, like, oh, I've seen it a bunch. You know, I'll just kind of, you know, skim my way through it to kind of like refresh my memory. And then I was just in it. In it. Just like, well, <laughs> little things they pick up on. Like, I remember the sheriff is driving in his car to the wedding chapel. Mm-hmm. And I'd never noticed it before. I never registered before that the dashboard is like covered in sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh my God, that's so funny. Like, was that an actor choice? Was that a director choice? Was that right. a that person, prop person choice? Like who thought this sheriff in this little Texas town would have 50 choices of sunglasses on his right. <laughs> Well, and it like references those like old school cop movies where yeah, it's like they get Westerns. out, right. put them on the dash. You're going to go do the crime scene. <laughs> but it's like very subtle because he keeps his glasses on until he's inside. Right. Oh, it's just and it's true. It's like you don't really register that like that's a that's a thing that they actually had to think about and do. Yeah. And that's all black and white, I think. I think maybe all the yeah, all the flashback stuff is black and white. Yeah. I do love also and Tarantino does this all the time of like non-linear stories because when you really think about it you kind of start basically at the end like middle and then you go all the way back and then you go a little bit forward and then you kind yeah. of resume. Yeah, it's just like all over the place but you get it. Yes, yeah. It definitely jumps around. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's one of those things where i didn't that first time you kind of watch it all the way through after she leaves vivica fox's house and she crosses off the name i picked up on it this time that the first name is already crossed off so it's like that's the nod to say hey we're skipping (laughs) exactly yeah exactly and we're gonna go back to that don't worry right yeah everything is a nod i wonder how the uh, I'd be interested to know how the original idea was because I know it was supposed to be one movie. Yeah, and then they <laughs> never gonna happen. <laughs> they, I don't know if they decided to make it two while they were after they finished shooting, and they're like, "We got too much for one," or I don't know what. But I would kind of <laughs> be interested to see the original screenplay. Yeah, right. Because I think the like once everything was written, the like original script was like 250 pages long or something like like not so. That's too long. Yeah, it's <laughs> way too long. And like I think now, if you said like, "Hey, we're gonna do Kill Bill, but it's gonna be one full movie of Volume One and Two, just like smashed together and like 
Franken edited together or what have you, I think we would all be like, yes, absolutely. Four hours of Kill Bill. But at the time, I think it would be too much. Yeah. How would you make that into a two-hour movie? Like, what would you cut? Uh, Nothing. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) oh, gosh, that would be difficult. Yeah. Um, Because everything has weight to it, right? Like, every scene has a purpose. When you go back and you see her training. Mm Mm-hmm. That's so important to the storytelling. Like, could you lose that whole chunk? Right. Or like who... Or she goes to Japan to get the sword. Like... Right. She has to prove that she's worthy of him coming out of retirement to make her another sword. And Yeah. <clears throat> I, I mean, you could even like... Like, Oren's whole animated storyline you could almost make an argument for that but even then it's like okay well then you lose so much of who she is <laughs> like <laughs> yeah you don't get that backstory with anyone else yeah you only get that with oren yeah which is kind of interesting so yeah you're right if you lost that that takes out this whole other chunk then that's i love yeah and that whole that whole animation segment is so great on its own. I mean, period, end of sentence. Yeah. But also to have it be the narrative of at, I think it's like seven or eight or something, like she loses her parents. At 11, she got revenge. At 20, she was the best assassin in the world. And then when you have their fight, it's so short. Yeah. But you and have all that context. She goes through the 150 gang members. Right. <laughs> then yes, the fight between just the two of them is kind of like, oh. Yeah. <clears throat> but you do have this kind of context of like, Lucy Liu's character took over the Yakuza. Like, a, amazing assassin. Like, no one to be messed with in any regards. And then it's over in five minutes. And it's like... Yeah. That says something about Uma Thurman's character on top of it. Yes. Ah! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just... wonder if at one time there was a, uh, something in the script about the backstory for those other characters. I kind of wonder that too, because... With a little Daryl Hannah, and when she's training. <laughs> just a little. Yeah. It would be interesting to see if they, you know went back and added stuff if it would be like animated features for all of them or if it would be like something else to give us context of who they are yeah yeah that would be i'd be in for that tarantino if you're listening <laughs> yeah we want an origin story on daryl right. nana <laughs> specifically <laughs> i wanted to ask you too in terms of this movie because I don't think it necessarily passes like the Bechtel test of like, like feminist film, but it's, it's definitely kind of in that range of like strong female characters. And I was kind of wondering to get your like opinion on that. Cause the, the movie is kind of motivated by a man, but also kind yes. of not. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I would say for sure by a straight man. Yeah. So, Yes, I think that that is a really good question. I mean, (laughs) I don't know. I haven't thought about it a lot in terms of the feminist perspective, Mm -hmm. but I definitely am kind of aware of this is maybe a straight man's interpretation Mm. of strong women. Mm Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. So without giving it a judgment of whether that's good or bad, I just think that's what it is. Yeah, I'd say so. It might would it have been a different movie if a woman made it or a gay man. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it would be interesting to see like what that lens looks like, because I do think all the women in this are written really well. And I think it was Kazuma Thurman was also writing with Tarantino. with So that kind of helps things. Right. But it is kind of interesting to think of like, I think it's done really well, if I'm being honest, of these women are complex, they're badass, like all of those good plus points. But it is interesting to think of like, 
Tarantino, who's a weird guy as it is. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, just something to kind of think about in terms no, of. No, it's a it's a good it's a good it's an important question. Yeah, and yeah, like I said, I wasn't I wouldn't put a judgment on it, whether it's good or bad. I have seen other things, movies maybe of the same similar storyline or whatever, where I'm like, oh, no. Right. There's nothing, <laughs> this is not a strong woman. This is just like, whatever. It's not, it's not a feminist thing. And this, it didn't bother me. So I guess I would, you would have to have a, an opinion of someone who is, uh, disagrees and then have mm. a conversation about, oh, let's see why. Yeah. No, that's fair. And it's a good, it's a good point of like, I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily because like I said, I think it's done very tastefully and very well. And because you're right, it could have gone much worse. <laughs> it could have been so bad. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, what else can we say about this movie? I mean, the costumes, the sounds, the cinematography, it's just like all there for you on a platter. I, I think it has everything. Like I said, I can watch, I've seen it a hundred times and I'm always satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> and I can watch certain scenes over and over and over. Yeah. So then I guess the, the other dialogue. question. Yeah. Oh, the dialogue. <laughs> So then out of volume one and volume two, would you say volume two is probably the one you lean towards more Only than volume because one? of that fight Daryl scene Hannah. between Daryl Hannah. Literally, <laughs> if you said you can only take one volume, you can't take both, to the, de- <laughs> the deserted island, I would take volume two. Okay. Only because of that. That's fair. But I think it's I think it's only fair that I can have both. Yes. Because really it's one big movie. It's, it's just like an intermission. Movie. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. And you, yeah, I mean, it's all there. The dialogue is there, the costumes are there, the sound is there. Art directed down. Oh. The house down boots, for sure. House down boots. <laughs> <laughs> detail oriented i love absolutely just just so rich from beginning to end and also when you think about it very different from his other films like pulp fiction and this very different movies you know yeah like i said like reservoir dogs i really have a hard time watching because it's just so it's much more realistic gritty Mm. as opposed to kind of hyper reality yeah. Which this is very much hyper reality. <laughs> hyper reality. Those those moments where she's like jumping and like kicking at the same time, like in that huge fight scene with everybody. I yeah, just I love mean, it. Like she runs up the railing right. and then flies <laughs> down. So yeah, it's not it's not realistic. It's 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 just turned up enough. If it's turned up anymore, you'd be like, okay, she's a super she's superman. Right. But it's not. It's kind of this fine line between almost, you know, camp, but certainly between reality and fantasy. Yeah. And it just has that that just enough sprinkling of like film history references in it to like for like the people who are like, oh, yes, film history or whatever, which is me. (laughs) I'm talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) It's just enough for me to be like, oh, I know what that's from. But enough, but not enough that like you feel lost in it either of like, oh, I don't relate to this in any way. Right. You know? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just so good. And there's one actor who plays like several different roles. He's so good. Which one? In Kill Bill. And I can't remember. I certainly can't remember his name because I'm the worst. But he <laughs> plays like three or four different characters. It's the same actor. Oh, I think he plays the, I don't know if he's the head of some cartel or whatever, but when she's in Mexico, I guess, looking for Bill. Yeah. And he has, he's sitting there with a cigarette and he's the one who kind of. Oh, that's the same actor. I think that plays 
like the kung fu teacher. Yes, I think you're part, right. You know I mean? Yes, and then I think he actually plays a third part, and I can't remember. But I mean, maybe it was the sheriff. I can't remember. But anyway, this <laughs> actor, there's an actor in there who plays several different characters, and I'm, I'm yeah, it's my favorite movie. But I, right. those are things that I always <laughs> forget. Someone will tell me, and then I'll forget. But anyway, he's of course. Phenomenal. <laughs> But isn't that also like kind of great that you're like, yeah, there's this one guy and me who's also seen it like several times. I'm like, wait, a, hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold up, what? <laughs> They're so different. They're just like, no way. It's like, wow, he's really good. Yeah. And I feel like that's that's a good movie where like you're still picking up on things like even after you've seen it a million times. <laughs> yeah. And the scene in when she goes to find um, Hanzo. Yeah. makes the swords in Okinawa, Okinawa, I think. Yes. And she's in the sushi bar. And the then there's this whole comedy routine between <laughs> him and the guy that works for him where they're yelling at each other in Japanese. It's like, who cares that she wants sake in the morning? Get your ass out of here. Get some sake. Right. And it's just like, it's hilarious. And all of a sudden you got Laurel and Hardy. Right. In this movie. So it's like, those are things that I love. Yeah. The pacing is like really great in this movie because it it could be like all action all the time and it's not. You have these like lower points of comedy and like slower and oh, so good. That whole scene where she's looking at swords is just so elegant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so elegant. Oh, <clears throat> I just love this movie so much. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you do as much as I do. Absolutely. Well, and I was so excited when I got the email that was like, Sherry wants to do Kill Bill. I was like, ah! <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I know we're getting kind of close-ish to the end of our time together. And so I'll start out by saying thank you for picking this movie because I absolutely love it. And I'm so excited I got to talk to somebody about it. No, I would really have to. Like, I have so many movies that I love. I love like I'm obsessed with Carrie also, and that's Jackie mm. Pete's favorite movie. Um, and I love Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh my God, <gasps> like, well, I'm just obsessed with Chitty Chitty Bang. So there's lots of movies that I love, of course. And I appreciate all about Eve, Sunset Boulevard, all those kind of classics. Um, mm-hmm. But I was like, this gay man is going to kill Bill. And I love that. And it, I'm so excited that you picked it because I love it. And like, you're of course welcome back anytime if you want to talk about any of those other movies because I'm obsessed with all of them. Well, yeah. I love Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I was literally just thinking about it like last week. You could have Jackie and I together talking about Carrie. <gasps> yes. That's how we, when we first met 30 years ago, we literally in this little coffee shop started talking and something came up about Carrie and it spiraled into this thing. And we were just like, I'm going to think we're best friends. Yeah. <laughs> Did we just become best friends? <laughs> over Carrie. Yeah. Over Carrie. I love that. <laughs> well, I'm booking it now. I'm, I'm contacting <laughs> the team. It's happening. I don't okay. like we're, we're doing it for sure. Because <laughs> I love Carrie and I, I'm a huge horror nerd. So we're, I'm in it. <laughs> Good. Good. So, I mean, first and foremost, thank you for coming on the show. It's been absolutely a delight. And so where can people find you? I know you're in the midst of about doing a million amazing things. So tell us everything we need to know. Uh, well, thank you also. This was super fun for me. It's always nice to kind of be like in the middle of working on something and to get to take a break to say like, oh, <laughs> it's like my little therapy session. I love it. Oh. Good. And, uh, <laughs> you, if people just visit sherryvine.com and it has everything that's coming up, then like I said, I'm going to uh, Jackie and I are doing a new show called Dirty 30, taking that on the road. I have two weeks in Puerto Vallarta performing in Ooh. March. And then I have some stuff on my own. We're doing the Golden Girls Live in LA again in August. Ooh. And the month of June, I'm opening for. Bianca Del Rio in Europe. Oh, so, super busy, which is yeah. Hallelujah. 
<laughs> I love that. I'm so excited for you. And I will be keeping tabs from my computer since I don't leave my apartment. <laughs> well, I'll let you know if I have a show coming up in Philadelphia. Oh, I would love that. We'll have brunch. <laughs> It'll be wonderful. I'm Gorgeous. so excited. <laughs> well, again, thank you for coming on the show. Like I said, we're already booking your next appearance here at Scopophilia. We're very excited about it. And very excited about all the things you're doing and happy anniversary. Thank you so much. <laughs> Another huge thank you to Sherry Vine for coming on the show and talking about her favorite film, Kill Bill. Now, I know normally on the show we only do one film, but I couldn't resist talking about the whole film whole whole thing as a full like four and a half hour picture and sitting down with Sherry was such a delight and a pleasure and I cannot wait for her to come back on to the show absolutely wonderful and I think I just saw that she is now in Europe she's doing shows she is out there working it and I am so happy for her happy anniversary to her for you know 30 years of performing as Sherry Vine doing drag creating and performing just lots of love to Sherry and of course, if you liked this show, you do have a couple of options. Of course, we have seasons one through three, uh, as we are on season four already, which is absolutely insane to me. Um, but we have all these episodes and content. So if you haven't listened to the rest of the episodes that we have, feel free to do so. And since you're doing that, you might as well rate, review, and subscribe the show because it always helps us out a lot. And uh, don't forget to tell your friends and your family and your family of friends and your friends of family about the show because we love to keep the conversation going and we love talking about movies so you might as well just you know jump in additionally we do have an instagram page at scopophilia underscore podcast where i do most of my updates for the show as well as anything upcoming that you need to know about uh, we do also have a TikTok page. I'm working on it, uh, but it is at Scopophilia, the podcast. Uh, sometimes I post silly little videos about running the show, um, trying to create more content. Don't worry, I will get there eventually. <laughs> and then lastly, we do also have merchandise for the show. We have hats, we have tote bags, and we have t-shirts. I personally love my merch. I wear it all the time to the grocery store and out and about while I'm doing my daily everyday things uh, just to let the world know like, hey, I really like movies and this is the podcast that I listen to uh, slash create. <laughs> But if you would like some merchandise of the show, there is a link for it in the Instagram uh, bio of our show page, uh, or you can head on over to ncpodcasts.com slash Scopophilia, and that is our official show website, uh, which has everything you need to know, as well as the link for the merchandise as well. As always, I'm your host, Becky Teller, leading the millennial movie movement here on Scopophilia. And I'll see you all next Friday. Bye.